Support for Starting Small comes from Human Scale, the leading designer and manufacturer of high-performance ergonomic products that help create a healthier work life. All of the products from chairs to standing desk and more are comfortable, easy to use, and sustainable, and great for either the office or the work from home environment. With an increase in shifting workplaces, comfort can be especially hard to find. As I run the podcast, I'm in front of my desk for hours a day, from scheduling, researching, interviewing, and more. Human Scale allows me to remain productive without the consequence of body stress to follow. Make sure to check out Human Scale at humanscale.com and use code STARTINGSMALL at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. That's code STARTINGSMALL at humanscale.com and enjoy the episode. Hello and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Abby Taylor, founder of Pliables, tropical superfruit bowls prepared on demand nationwide. Surfing being a major part of Abby's upbringing, acai bowls were at most surf towns she would visit. Taking this into account, Abby and her co-founder recreated and customized their favorite recipes, opened up a stand in front of a pizza shop in New Jersey, and which kick-started Pliables as it is today. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Abby Taylor of Pliables. Abby, thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. I'm so excited. Yeah, so I'd like to start out with your upbringing. So where did you grow up? And what was your childhood like? So I grew up in New Jersey, which I still currently live in New Jersey. Um, my childhood was great. Um, I, you know, from an early age, I definitely was very artistic, really creative kid. Um, I grew up at the beach with my family. Um, I've been surfing since I was 10 years old. So that was definitely like installed in me really early in life. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, I was very creative, um, very free spirited. And yeah. Cool. Would you say that you had an entrepreneurship mindset, say, sell any products or lemonade stands growing up as a kid? Oh, my gosh, for sure. Um, my friend just yeah. sent me a picture. Um, we would go and pick, like, all fresh produce and then set up a little farmer's market and on the side of the road of, on a little stand. Um, so we said the stand life was definitely for me. Um, I would paint vans and sell them to all my all my friends. My dad always said, um, you know, I'm never worried about you. You're always hustling. You're always selling something. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I definitely had that in my in my mind in my early years. Awesome. So what did your uh, parents end up doing also uh, for work at that time growing up? So my mom has worked in retail for her entire life. She actually just retired. Um, you know, she worked at Coach. She worked at um, Lucky Brand. And my dad um, started his own plumbing company um, when I was younger with my grandfather. And he still does that um, to this day. So you know, they both were really hard workers. And um, mm. my dad starting up his own business was definitely something um, that kind of set the tone for me and made it more real that it's possible to do what you want to do. For sure. I saw you went on to study at Salisbury University in 2007. What did you study there? Yeah. So when it came to college, I definitely was just not into it. But I was like, okay, I'm going to go. But I wanted to <laughs> surf. So like, I didn't even go around and look at that many schools. But I saw that mm. Salisbury was close to Ocean City, Maryland. So it was kind of an easy choice for me because I could surf you around. So I went there and, you know, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew that I was creative and that was easy for me, art stuff. So I picked uh, graphic design and, but, you know, the beginning, I really struggled with my general education courses just because I'm the type of person, if I'm not into something, I don't do well at it. So I just was kind yeah. of skating through, like barely making it. My mom's like, just pass. You got <laughs> it. And um, we had a lot of those phone calls. But when it got to my major, which was graphic design, I really excelled. Mm. So recalling back to that time, what was your nights typically like? Was it going to school and then surfing through the night and then the weekends or 
What, what was that typically like? I mean, whenever there was waves, I would surf and then I would go right to class soaking wet. Um, but I'm pretty, pretty typical college kid. You know, I definitely I'm into fitness and stuff. So I definitely spent a lot of time mm-hmm. at the gym, um, you know, and then just surfing and yeah, hanging out with my friends, the normal thing. Cool. With your time there, were you in any uh, clubs or athletics? Um, no, not really. Nope. Um, I definitely, like I said, I was just into um, art stuff with my friends and mm-hmm. um, surfing on my own time. I, I got into running a little bit more so in college, um, but things like that. Got it. Leading up to pliables and prior, or prior to pliables and following college, uh, what kind of jobs did you end up working? Did you grow into graphic design or what did it look like for you? No. So, you know, it's funny, even at an early age in my head, I just knew I wasn't going to have a normal job. I did never picture myself sitting in an office and I mm. never did that, which is crazy. Still to this point, I'm 31 years old. I've never had a job like that. Um, but I, you know, I did a bunch of different things. Um, I bartended for like seven years at um, this huge nightclub on the Jersey shorts, like everything you think Jersey is, that's what it is. <laughs> um, I definitely like didn't fit in, but it was a huge part of um, learning different sides of business and how to handle things. And I feel like I learned so much in that experience and it was such a good thing for me. Um, and then also, like I said, all my stuff on the side, I would paint dog portraits and sell them and, um, Mm. just little things on the side, never like a full-time job like that. Cool. And then following up to pliables, how did you end up meeting your co-founder, uh, Robert? Um, so he was introduced to me through mutual friends and I remember just kind of saying to him, you know, like, I'm not sure what I want to do. I was bartending at the time. Um, but I had been on a lot of travels and stuff and was really into acai bowls. And he kind of was like, why don't you do something with acai bowls? And at the time, like on the Jersey shore, there really wasn't any options for healthy eating. Like when you were at the beach. So kind of was a perfect fit. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far around Abby's entrepreneurial journey. I wanted to pause and say thank you to this episode's mid-break sponsor, Newton Running, the leader in performance running shoes that promote gait efficiency for people at all levels of the sport. Newton Running's patented action-reaction technology provides dynamic shock absorption, energy return, ground feel, minimal heel-to-toe drop, and lightweight comfort. In addition to its devotion to help people run better, Newton Running is committed to corporate responsibility through sustainability efforts and through the support of numerous charitable organizations. Make sure to check out Newton Running for yourself at newtonrunning.com and enjoy the rest of the episode. So what was that initial inspiration? You guys were on a trip together, correct? Um, not together. We definitely did do some trips together, but before that I had traveled a lot after college um, to all the places I had dreamed of surfing. Um, California, Hawaii, Nicaragua, Puerto Rico. Um, and I was having different versions of bowls on all of those trips. And I just was obsessed with acai bowls. And when I came home, I was making them for all my family and friends. And to the point that they were really sick of it, my mom was like, okay, like I'm done. I don't want another one. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I was so into it and so passionate about it. And I wanted to share it with everybody at the Jersey shore where I grew up. When you came back from those trips, was your idea to have this as just for your taste once, or was it to start a business out of this? It definitely wasn't to start a business, but once that idea came about, it was like, okay, like I'm going to try this. And I had the opportunity to set up just like a small little stand. I was totally illegal on the side of the road in Belmar, New Jersey, uh, with like <laughs> a patio table, an umbrella, a little refrigeration unit, and just made some signage and set it up. Um, I think the town thought it was just kind of cute and let me do it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it, you know, it, I never had the vision to have a, a big business for it, but I did want to start something. Yeah. 
uh, setting up that stand, did you ever receive any backlash from oh, anyone? Oh, sure. Um, and people would come and, you know, a lot of people that lived in the town were sort of rolling their eyes and they'd bring it up at town meetings. But for some reason, it just kind of coasted along and we were allowed to keep it open. And yeah, there definitely was backlash. Wow. So when you first started that stand, did you sell the one bowl that you came home with and made for your mom? Or what, so, what did you? Yeah, the menu was really small. Um, mm. I mean, our menu is huge at this point. But at that point, it was yeah. just like a couple acai bowls, uh, the 8th Ave, which was like the street that um, the stand was on, um, a few smoothies, um, some coffee, a really limited menu. Um, those items are still on the menu today. But it's just funny to look back at how it started so small. And now our menu is huge. For sure. How long were you at this stand before expanding to your first building? Was this quite a while? No. Um, so that was 2014. Okay. Um, we did that for a full summer. And then I believe it was the next summer, 2015, midsummer, that the first location was open. And it was actually right behind where the stand was, like directly behind it. There was a gym that had gotten destroyed by Sandy and was kind of a mess in there. Um, mm. And the guy who owned it was like, do you guys want to go in there? And we're like, what? Um, so we sort of like rounded up all of our friends and family went in there and the ceiling was falling down and it was just carpeted and wet and sandy and gross. And we're like, how are we going to do this? And, uh, Rob mm. and I just got all of our friends and family to sort of help out. We got this, our first location in Belmar open, um, July 4th weekend and the line never wow. stopped. It was crazy. Wow. That, that's amazing. Yeah. So with that location specifically, did you have any trends and demographics? What was your main demographics for the stops? Yeah, so I would say to begin with, I mean, we came up on a time that Instagram was also just blowing up and you know, we mm. caught it at a really good moment early on and our product is so Instagram worthy um, yeah. that it just you know catapulted us. So I would say millennials, it was a lot of young girls um, at that Got point, um, mainly. But you know, going back to the Instagram thing, it's just so crazy. Like I just, I always looked at our Instagram, like I wanted it to be a brand. Like I wanted Flyables to have, you know, its own identity. And you, you look at it and it's like surf culture, it's beachy, it's cool, it's fresh. So from the mm -hmm. beginning, I always focused on the Instagram and making it really aesthetic and really have its own branding and vibe. Awesome. At what point did you start expanding in your hiring process and bringing on more employees? If it was just you and your co-founder at that stand for a while, did yeah. you start bringing on employees? Yeah. So Rob and I had hired um, like two or three girls. One of them is Brenna. She still works with us to this day. She's the first employee of all time. She wow. couldn't drive at the, at the time that she came on. And now she's like, <laughs> has moved up the ladder. She works directly under me with marketing. She like runs the show. She can run every part of Flyables. It's amazing to see her grow. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, we had a few employees at that point, and then we opened up another little stand um, in Belmar down the street, and then we opened up um, a location in Manasquan, which is another small little beach town, and then we mm. signed a big boy scary lease um, in a location in Long Branch, New Jersey, in Pure Village. Um, wow. And from there, we just kind of knew that it worked you know, on the shore, we knew it worked at all these beach locations and there was a demand for it and people were talking about pliables. At what point did you uh, decide to franchise then? At what time? That was a little bit further down the road. We expanded on our own, like I said, all to these Jersey Shore towns. Um, Got it. Then we started moving sorting, sort of inland a little bit because there was demand for people in North Jersey who come down to Belmar in the summer in this area. Um, so our first franchise was actually to the guy who owned that gym that I told you that was falling down oh, wow. at our first location. Yeah. 
he opened up in Red Bank, New Jersey. And I believe that was in, oh my gosh, I'm so bad because so much craziness is happening. But <laughs> I want to say it was 17 or 18 um, that the first franchise opened. Okay. What was your overall vision location-wise when you wanted to start franchising? Did you want to stay on the East Coast or no, expand I, elsewhere? In the beginning, we definitely wanted to expand across the United States and, I mean, international at some point. Um, we have a location in Puerto Rico um, at actually one awesome. of the spots where I, like, I had my first acai bowl, so that was really cool. That's cool. Um, but from the beginning, it definitely wasn't just East Coast, but I think that we knew that it worked here and it was proven, so that was an easy expansion for us to kind of just mm. – you know, take the East Coast by storm and be the first ones to do it. I felt like there was a little bit of a push to do it because there was competitors popping up and I wanted to be the first to market so that people had a, a really high expectation of what an acai bowl was because we were mm. giving them that and a superior product. So it was just important to get that expansion to all these awesome locations before other people did and franchising helped us do that. Mm, got it. So say you're introducing a new product. How do you come up with that new recipe? And then also, if a franchise owner wanted to introduce a new product, are they allowed to do so as well? Or does that start from the corporate? It stems from corporate, but we're very open to listening to everyone's ideas. And I, you know, I never want to shut someone down. I'll always hear somebody out and it, whether it's a good idea or not, you know, we kind of work through it, but you know, Rob and I have really strong relationships with all of these franchisees where they can reach out to us personally and we do have those conversations, which I think is a really nice part of the community at Pliables that we've created. Um, but a lot of the ideas, you know, for seasonal specials, we do summer special launches, um, you know, winter ones. No worries. Um, all of those ideas for the seasonal launches are just something we all come together and we sort of come up with the ideas for and we test them out and we sort of have a good time with it. And then we think of the names and that's really fun for me. Um, but yeah, we definitely are open to ideas from franchisees, but a lot of it just comes down from corporate. Got it. Yep. Looking at Pliables today with over 104 store locations. 118 total. 118. <laughs> wow. Like you guys expanded quick. It's crazy. I know. That's impressive. Yeah. Overall, what would you say is your top seller on the menu? Acai bowls, for sure. Um, yeah. And our Nutella bowl is like our biggest seller. Who doesn't love Nutella? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So explaining your uh, competitors popping up previously, yep. what would you say overall separates pliables from your competitors? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I'm 31 years old now. We've been doing this for a bit. Um, but in the beginning, I, you know, when competitors would pop up, I'm like, oh my gosh, how could they steal our whole menu? How could they do, how could they do this? How could they do that? But I think that mm. as time went on, you just put your blinders on. I don't even really look at anybody else. And I feel like our product is so great. Our acai is really just the best tasting acai you can get. And also, like I said, going back to our first days at the stand, our branding, like Pliables is a brand. Like people recognize it and they love it. And I also think it's funny that like people go to other acai shops and they'll be like, oh, can I have a pliable? Like we have branded so strong people <laughs> think an acai bowl is a pliable. And that's so funny to me. Amazing. Yep. So Overall demographics today, we talked about it in that first location. Would you say it's fairly the same demographics nationwide? No. So, you know, in the beginning, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, it's young girls. But now I've really seen, you know, I, I've seen moms with their little kids. I've seen dads on their lunch breaks. I've seen, you know, with their kids <laughs> behind them. I've seen, um, 
guys in suits with a couple guys from the office in uh, different locations having lunch. I've seen construction workers. I've seen such a mixture of people um, over the last probably, I would say three years, where it's sort of turned from not just that, it's everybody wants in on it. Mm, that's awesome. For yourself then, what would you say that is your personal favorite on the menu if you were to choose one as the founder? I definitely do acai every time. So I do an acai awesome. bowl with granola, coconut flakes, uh, strawberry, either pineapple or banana, and our peanut butter is really everything. It's so good. So I do a mm. lot of peanut butter on it. Awesome. I, I like to conclude each episode with this. Yep. If you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, what would that be? Maybe something you've learned or regret? Just anything. Um, definitely that, you know, people are going to tell you that you're crazy and they're not going to believe in your idea. And you have to be willing to give up a lot and just put everything into this. And, you know, as long as you believe in the product that you're serving and what you're doing, you're going to be successful. And I think that if I did it, anybody could do it. And if you have a great idea, you shouldn't give up on it. Mm, for sure. Well, Abby, thank you so much for joining me. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out Pliables at pliables.com. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.